Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 tells us, So the heavens and the earth and everything in them were completed. By the seventh day, God completed his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, for on it he rested from his work of creation. Now, what we must remember and keep in mind here in regards to the Sabbath is the reckoning of a day according to the scriptures and the Hebraic mindset, which is not midnight to midnight as we have here in the modern Western world, but it was sundown to sundown. So Sabbath is Friday night sundown to Saturday night sundown. That designates the day called the Sabbath. Now, God gave names to all the days of the week in Genesis. Day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six, and Sabbath. It's the only one that was giving a, a proper name, so to speak, the Sabbath day, the day of rest, um, the seventh day. And a lot of people wonder why Christians worship on Sunday and call Sunday the Sabbath. Well, there's many reasons for this, but in most part, the, Christendom wanted to separate itself from the non-believing Jewish community, the Jewish community that didn't believe or doesn't believe that Yeshua, Jesus, is the Messiah. And they wanted to differentiate themselves, even though they worship the same God and, and keep the same scriptures, um, with the exception of the, the New Testament, of course. They wanted to somehow differentiate themselves. So they you know, determined uh, and declared that Sunday would be their um, day of religious observance, their day of rest, their Sabbath, so to speak. And the reasoning that you usually hear behind this is, well, Jesus rose from the dead on Sunday, and that's why we go to church on Sunday and keep Sunday instead of Saturday to commemorate the resurrection. Well, it's interesting that there's nowhere in Scripture where God commanded his people to do this. You won't find it in the Old Testament. You won't find it in the New Testament. You know, there's, there's nothing there. Then people will say, well, doesn't it say that the believers met on the first day of the week, which would be Sunday? Ah, again, we got to get out of that Western way of thinking and think like a Jew, think like a Hebrew. So nowhere in the Renewed Covenant, the Brit Hadasha, the New Testament, did God or Messiah say to change the Sabbath to Sunday. Um, you know, people wonder about Acts 20, verse 7, that they met on the first day of the week. Well, of course they did, because as Jews, that was the way they ended the Sabbath and ushered in a new week by holding a service called the Havdalah service on Saturday night, right before sunset. This has been the way of the Jewish people for thousands of years. So it says when the believers met on the first day of the week, of course they did. They met on sundown on Saturday, um, and they were leaving the sweetness of the Sabbath, and they were ushering in in a holy way uh, through, through um, meeting together and reading the scriptures and worshiping and fellowshipping. They were ushering in and getting a great new start to the week that began um, that, that they call Sunday, that began for them on Saturday night sundown. And again, this is called the Havdalah service. So in Acts chapter 20, verse 7, it says, On the first day of the week, we assembled to break bread. So that was ending the Sabbath and entering into the new week. 
Paul spoke to them, and since he was about to depart the next day, he extended his message until midnight. So it was already dark when they met because it was the ending of the Sabbath and the beginning of the new week for them. And it says that he preached until midnight. There were many lamps in the room upstairs uh, where they were assembled, and a young man named Eutychicus was sitting on the window sill and sank into a deep sleep as Paul kept on speaking. Hmm, I wonder if this was a commentary on Paul's uh, oratory skills. Uh, was, was Eutychicus really tired or was he that bored? We may never know. But anyway, it says, um, when he was overcome by sleep, he fell down from the third story and was picked up dead. But Paul went down, fell on him and embraced him, just like the prophet, um, you know, did to the child that died. Uh, kind of similar. Uh, we see allusions to that. Um, but Paul went down and fell on him and embraced him and said, Don't be alarmed, for his life is in him. And after going upstairs, breaking the bread and eating, Paul uh, conversed uh, um, considerably um, till the time of the dawn. So he preached all night, then he left. They brought the boy home alive and were greatly comforted. So this is the meaning of Christians or believers meeting on the first day of the week. It was Saturday night sundown to end the Sabbath and enter into the new week. So yeah, they met on the first day of the week. That's what you know Jewish people have been doing for, for eons and for centuries. So again, is it wrong to worship God on Sunday? No, we can and should worship him every day of the week. Just don't go worshiping God on Sunday and calling it and passing it off as the Sabbath because that is not the true scriptural or biblical Sabbath. So I'm not trying to beat a dead horse. I'm not trying to convince you to take Saturdays off or, or you know, to um, you know, worship God on Saturday. I'm not, I'm not trying to convince you anything of that. I'm just trying to explain to you uh, where we get Sunday worship, where it came from. And just to uh, be clear that, again, I never fall on man-made doctrine. I will always do my very best to fall on what the Bible says, uh, biblical doctrine. So there is documentation where um, many in Christendom of different denominations within Christendom, they have admitted that Saturday is the true Sabbath and they have just chosen to worship on Sunday. So the Roman Catholics are quoted as saying, but you may read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and you will not find a single line authorizing the sanctification of Sunday. The scripture enforces the religious observance of Saturday, a day which we never sanctify. This is according to Stephen Keenan, A Doctrinal Catechism, 3rd edition, page 174. So, question, which is the Sabbath day? Answer, Saturday is the Sabbath day. Question, why do we observe Sunday instead of Saturday? Answer, we observe Sunday instead of Saturday because the Catholic Church transferred the solemnity from Saturday to Sunday. And this, according to Martin J. Scott, things Catholics are asked about from 1927, page 136. Now, according to the Anglican and Episcopal, uh, Bishop Seymour, uh, Why We Keep Sunday, said, We have made the change from the seventh day to the first day, from Saturday to Sunday, on the authority of the Catholic Church. So even though the Anglican and Episcopal broke off from the Roman Catholics, they still say, well, we do it because they do it. The Baptists uh, say, 
There was and is a command to keep the holy Sabbath day, but the Sabbath day was not Sunday. It was said, however, and with some show of triumph, that the Sabbath was transferred from the seventh to the first day of the week. Where can the record of such transference be found? Not in the New Testament. Absolutely not. To me, it seems unaccountable that Jesus, during the three years' intercourse with his disciples, often, often conversing with them upon the Sabbath question, never alluded to any transference of the day. Also, that during the 40 days of his resurrection, no such thing was initiated. Of course, I quite well know that Sunday did come into use in early Christian history, but what a pity it comes branded with a, with the mark of paganism. Now, what he's basically acknowledging here is that Sunday has been the traditional day of pagan worship to the sun god. Uh, and that's why, uh, with Constantine's help, it was solidified within Christendom that Sunday uh, is the new Sabbath. Um, so it was partially because of uh, Constantine. Okay, moving on with, uh, continuing on with the quote. Of course, I quite well know that Sunday did, did not, or did come into use in early Christian history, but what a pity it comes branded with the mark of paganism and christened with the name of the sun god, adopted and sanctified by the papal apostasy, and bequeathed as a sacred le legacy to Protestantism. This was written by Dr. Edward T. Hiscock, a paper read before a New York minister's conference in, uh, on the 13th of November, 1893, reported in the New York Examiner on November 16th, 1893. Now, what did the Congregationalist denomination say? Well, Timothy Dwight, in Theology Explained and Defended in 1823, said, The Christian Sabbath... Sunday, that's in brackets, is not in the scripture and was not by the primitive church called the Sabbath. And that's another thing. There's a lot of early congregations such as the Waldensians and the Mennonites um, and, and a lot of uh, Christian organizations and denominations prior to the Lutheran Reformation that kept the Saturday Sabbath. But once Luther came on the scene, uh, their safety in numbers, a lot of these dwindling, uh, persecuted congregations and denominations linked up with the Lutheran Protestant Reformation movement and just ended up adopting uh, the Sunday Sabbath, so to speak. Now, moving on to the Lutheran, Dr. Um, Augustus Nander in The History of the Christian Religion and Church uh, and Church uh, by Henry John Rose in 1843 said, The festival of Sunday, like all other festivals, was always only a human ordinance, and it was far from the uh, intentions of the apostles to establish a divine command in this respect, far from them and from the early apostolic church to transfer the laws of Sabbath to Sunday. And John Theodore Muller in Sabbath or Sunday, on pages 15 and 16, uh, also a Lutheran, was said, Churches err in their teaching, for Scripture has in no way ordained the first day of the week in place of the Sabbath. There is simply no law in the New Testament to that effect. Now, this is what the Methodists say. Uh, Harris Franklin Rawl in The Christian Advocate, June 2nd, 1942, page 26, says, There is no passage telling Christians to keep that day, and in, in brackets, Sunday, or transfer the Jewish Sabbath to that day. Again, brackets, Sunday. Now, the Presbyterians say 
um, the Sabbath is a part of the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments. This alone forever settles the question as the perpetuity of the institution. Until, therefore, it can be shown that the whole moral law has been repealed, the Sabbath will stand. The teaching of Christ confirms the per perpetuity of the Sabbath. And this is by T.C. Blake. Um, uh, he was a theologian in his book, Theology Condensed, on pages 474 and 475. Now, there's an organization called the First Fruits of Zion, which says, It is all too common to take a rather sloppy attitude about matters of faith and observance. It is often said, it doesn't matter which day we keep the Sabbath as long as we keep a Sabbath. Or someone might say, our Seder isn't on the Seder night, referring to the Passover Seder, but at least we're doing a Seder. This kind of loose and casual attitude towards God's commandments is sometimes misconstrued as being more quote-unquote spiritual and that it is more concerned with the intent of the law than with the actual details. But this is arrogance in the extreme. We who we are who are we to determine the intent of God's laws? Who are we to disregard the specific details of his commandments on the basis that we deem them irrelevant? Should we expect him to bend his schedule to meet ours? If we can make the appointment whenever it is convenient for us, then it's really not God's appointed time. So these are all very um you know, very good uh, quotes, basically coming from virtually all different denominations within Christendom to basically say, yeah, 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 we know that 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 uh, Sunday is not the true Sabbath, but, you know, regardless, we will worship on Sunday anyway. So I do encourage believers to attend their church on Sunday because it's it's never wrong to worship God. Just don't call Sunday the Sabbath. Um, and I would encourage every believer, if at all possible, uh, to take Saturday off. You know, um, you know, you take that even if you don't go anywhere to worship the Lord. You don't go to a Messianic synagogue or attend any sort of special uh, uh, Christian service. There's a lot of Christian uh, denominations that are starting to have services on Sunday night, a, you know, a type of Havdalah service, if you will. Uh, there's a ministry that I'm involved with that has a celebration service on Saturday night, and I'm usually the guest speaker there, um, you know, several Saturdays out of the month, and I just love it. Uh, so I, I highly recommend uh, believers who want to follow God's word, who want to uh, uh, walk in the footsteps of Yeshua, our Messiah, because after all, he kept the Saturday Sabbath uh, by by walking and following in the word of God and, you know, taking a, a day off on Saturday, if at all possible. Now, I get it. We live in a, a, a post-Christian society in a post-Christian world. And, you know, God understands that you have to pay bills and things like that. And sometimes you can't get out of things like that. Um, there is a thing called life over law. Um, so even though there's a Sabbath, uh, the scriptures say that uh, um, priests work on the Sabbath. The Levitical priest, uh, they, they sacrifice, they do their job on Sabbath. So there are some jobs that are essential, that are life and death that are required. So God understands that you can't, if you're a police officer, a military man, uh, um, a frontline worker, a nurse, um, anything like this that deals with life or death, you know, accidents, crime, they don't take a day off. Sickness doesn't take a day off. So these jobs are essential. But if at all possible, uh, if you can get Saturdays off or weekends off, Saturday and Sunday, that's great. Uh, but 
you know, we live in exile. We live in a post-Christian society. So, um, you know, if, if, you, if you can't get out of it in order to keep food on your table, I know that God understands that, but we should always strive to um, obey God's word to the very best of our ability. So again, please don't take me wrong. I'm not trying to beat a dead horse. I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty. Um, in regards to the Sabbath, I just want to promote and proclaim the truth of Scripture and differentiate the truth of Scripture from what man and man's customs and traditions has established as, you know, religious fact or, you know, religion. So, again, I'm totally cool with meeting on Sunday, worshiping on Sunday. Just don't call it the Sabbath, please, because biblically it's not. Uh, and, and again, I've read from many different denominations that, that basically say they admit that Sabbath has not been changed to Sunday, uh, but that's just the day they chose to, um, uh, to, uh, to rest and to worship God. And they have many traditions uh, why they do this. And again, I mentioned earlier, one of the traditions is, well, Jesus rose on Sunday, so we commemorate the resurrection every Sunday. Others is that they just wanted to differentiate themselves and separate themselves from the non-believing Jewish community. Uh, so those are a lot of the reasons why we keep, uh, uh, why, why Christians observe Sunday instead of Saturday. Now, the observance of a quote-unquote Sabbath or a day of rest and all of the biblical mandates uh, that are required that you don't do any work, that you don't conduct any business, well, you know, growing up, in Christendom, and then later coming to a Messianic understanding of the faith and discovering my uh, Jewish Hebraic lineage, and uh, um, you know, starting to observe the Saturday Sabbath, even when I was, uh, even when I was younger, and thought Sunday was the Sabbath, I was really bothered in my spirit, and bothered that people would say, "Yep, Sunday's the day of rest. Sunday is the Lord's day. Sunday is where we worship God." And I'm thinking, "Okay, well, all the laws that are in the Scripture that apply to Sabbath should apply to this Sunday that we're deeming and designating as the Lord's day, the day of rest, and the Christian Sabbath." And it bothered me that as soon as church was dismissed, everybody went to Ponderosa. Everybody went to the buffet. Well, guess what? You're conducting business on the Sabbath. Or they would go home and mow the yard. <laughs> they would work on the Sabbath. No, it's a day of rest. So I was even convicted and bothered by Christians who didn't even keep their own version of the Sabbath. And that's something that we really need to, to you know, consider. Uh, and I felt so convicted of that as, as a younger person observing Sunday as a Sabbath that uh, it always bothered me when I seen people go out to eat or, or do yard work on, on Sunday and uh, uh, things like that because of what the scripture says that it's supposed to be a day of rest. You, you spend it with your family and friends, you rest, you, you, uh, you, you, know, you attend religious services, you, you worship him, you meet with, with, with God's people, etc. Um, so a lot of people also kind of excuse this behavior. Well, they say, well, you know, we believe that uh, uh, the Sabbath has been changed to Sunday, but we don't believe that we have to keep all of the regulations regarding Sabbath because we are not under law, we're under grace. You know, or they'll say, well, you know, yeah, I'm going out to eat, but I'm, I, I'm not working. Yeah, but you're making somebody else work. You're making, some, you know, if you believe that Sunday is the day to worship God, and you believe that it's important 
to meet on Sunday to hear the scriptures and, and fellowship with other believers, you're keeping someone else from attending or worshiping on that day by making them serve you on Sunday after church. Because I'm sure they were there and they, they, they punched in the clock long before church was out. So you're making them work on a day that you consider holy, that you consider as a day of rest, and therefore it's kind of a bad witness. It's kind of hypocritical and it's kind of a bad witness. And when people say that, you know, we're, 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 under, we're, we're not under the law, we're under grace, we've always been under grace. For, for God to pardon Adam and Eve, though he kicked them out of the garden, but though he didn't put them to death immediately, that was grace. And to kick them out of the garden was grace. Because if they stayed in the garden and they reached out their hand to eat from the tree of life, then they would live forever separated from God in a sinful state. So it was grace from the very beginning. There's always been grace. Just because there's law doesn't mean that there's not grace. And we've got to understand what the apostles meant when they said such terms as under the law. When, when you hear under the law, um, the, the idiomatic language of the Greek and Hebrew, when you say under the law, means and implies being under the penalty of the law, being under the, uh, the, the punishment of the law. What is the punishment of the law? What is the penalty of the law? Death. So the law has not been done away with. It wasn't the law that was nailed to the cross. Even Paul in Romans says that the law is holy and good. Um, it was the penalty of the law that was nailed to the cross. It was the penalty of the law that was done away with. So we are not under the penalty of the law. We are not under the punishment under the, of, under the law. We, uh, we are under grace. And that's true. When you look at it and think of it that way, we are under grace, but grace has always been since the garden. And grace has, has, has gone from the garden till now. And because of grace, we are not under the law in regards to under the penalty of the law, which is death. So I hope this uh, little discussion on the Sabbath really helps you understand uh, what the Sabbath is according to the Scripture and the Word of God, regardless of what any denomination practices, believes, or teaches or says. Uh, because again, it's God's Word that matters, not man's uh, customs and traditions that have been added to the laws or added to the Scripture. And hopefully I got you thinking uh, in regards to your observance of, of, of rest and how you could better please God and how you could be a better witness to others by taking that day of rest more seriously. Because God never gives us a command in order to rain on our parade. He always gives us a command to keep us, to keep us healthy, safe, and well, physically, mentally, and spiritually. And, he, and he, keeps, uh, he commands us things so that we may be blessed by them. Deuteronomy 28 talks about the blessings and cursings, the blessings of the obedience of God's uh, commandments and the curses uh, that we receive when we disobey God's commandments. So there's life in keeping God's word and his instructions, and there's death in the disobedience of it. It's just as simple as that. And so everybody's saying, oh, I can't do anything on, on the day of rest. I can't do anything on Sabbath. Well, no, that's not true. Um, it's it's to, to, to set apart. The day was set apart. It was made, it was declared holy, and holy just means set apart. So the Sabbath day was set apart from the rest of the days of the week. In other words, one of these things is not like the other, right? 
one of these things is is kind of the same so you have the six days of the week that all look the same because you do your routine and all the things that you need to do sabbath is different because it's been set apart from the days of the week you don't do the same things as you do on the other days they're totally different it's totally different you know instead of working you rest you do the opposite of what you do on sabbath than you do the rest of the days of the week and that's why it's holy uh it, it it's raised to that day is raised to a holy level and we imitate god not that god needed rest but he knew that we needed rest and god stepped back from his creation to appreciate the work he had done in the six days now whenever i finish a job i like to stand back and look at what i've done and appreciate what i've done and it gives me a good feeling know that i know uh, that i've done my best and know that i've created something that's beneficial for someone else and so this is what we need to do as well, step back from our workday week and appreciate what we've been able to do uh, and bettering the world and bettering our family. But also recognize that this is a day to, you know, praise God. Uh, and, and we have all 24 hours to do so. Where the rest of the days of the week, we do our morning devotions, we do our morning prayers, you know, we, we you know, have midweek service or, or, or something like that, but we just can't worship God fully and express those things fully as we can on a day that's totally set aside for that purpose. So we've got to make, we've got to make the Sabbath special. And Leviticus 23 is God's calendar. It's his day timer, so to speak. And Leviticus 23 has a rundown of all of the uh, God's appointed times, all of God's holidays, and at the top of the list is the weekly Sabbath. So we're supposed to treat the Sabbath not as some kind of humdrum, stick-in-the-mud uh, type of thing, but we're supposed to uh, see the Sabbath and, and observe the Sabbath like it is a joyous occasion, like it is, you know, I don't see anybody complaining when they go on vacation and kick up their feet on the beach or on, you know, a yacht. They're resting, aren't they? They're not doing anything, are they? And they're enjoying themselves. It's kind of the same with Sabbath. We need to enjoy kicking up our feet and not put up a fuss because, oh, we can't do anything. No, there's plenty. We can rest. And what, what is, what is um, rest? We call rest recreation. What is recreation? It's recreation. We are resting so that we would be recreated physically, mentally, and spiritually. We will be recharged like a cell battery on a phone, so to speak. So there needs to be a paradigm shift within our thinking in regards to how we view and observe the Sabbath. Uh, you know, if, if you were in a Jewish community and you celebrated sa Sabbath, it is a party. It is, it is solemn to some degree, yes, but it is a happy, joyous occasion. It's not just this slump your shoulders and, you know, it's Sabbath again and humdrum thing. It's a beautiful thing. You know, they, they liken it unto welcoming. They see the Sabbath as a bride, a beautiful bride that they welcome in to their home. You know, that's kind of the way they view Sabbath. It's, it's a celebratory time uh, because we get to become intimate with God in ways we usually can't during the days of the week on the Sabbath. That's why it's so, so special. That's why it's so unique. And that's why God urge, uh, commands us, not just urges us, but commands us to observe it because he wants to have that deep, personal, and intimate uh, relationship with him. It's restoration of what we lost in the fall. It's kind of a, a, a foretaste of glory divine, as the hymn says, a foretaste of, of heaven. Thanks for listening. God bless everyone.